Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors with Bill Cooper and Daryl Hyman. We're having a great time on the show today. And, Daryl, we always have a good time when we get together, whether it's social distancing over the phone, doing a radio program, or where we're sitting in your office telling turkey stories. Always That's a good right. time. The thing I miss about not being in a studio, I can't make faces at you, you know. You can't see right. me over the phone. Right. Well, we that's a good thing. <laughs> might be a good thing. <laughs> you bet. Well, I've got a, I got a fun topic that I want to talk about uh, this segment of the show that I think every turkey hunter out there will really enjoy. And the topic is, what do you have in your turkey vest? And you know, it can be pretty revealing if you just grab somebody's turkey vest and dumped all the contents out on the out on the ground. You can imagine all kinds of things that you would find in that turkey vest. But, you know, there are some essentials and some basics. But I've added added one really important new thing to my turkey vest this year. Uh, give me a hundred bucks if you can guess what it is. Uh, toilet paper. Oh, that's... That's been around forever, although I do have a monstrous <laughs> roll in my, you know. And, There's a you, shortage, you, though, right now. There's a shortage. Not in turkey vest. I bet you could go to every turkey vest in the country and shake out at least a leaf or two of toilet paper. <laughs> I'm telling you. So what do, what do you have in there, Bill? What, what's your, your new top secret item in your vest? Duct tape. Duct tape? What do you do with yeah. that? I do, you'd ask. Well, it's for my turkey hunting buddy. You ever have a turkey hunting buddy that just talks the whole time you're trying to turkey hunt? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, you know what I'm talking about then. And I don't want to call any names, but this turkey hunting buddy used to own the Pardo Lake, if you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I know him well. I bet he talked uh, every once in a while, I bet. Oh, he never stops. I tell you, a couple of years ago, we were turkey hunting, and, and, man, I got three or four gobblers fired up. I mean, there were, it was just constant call and gobble and answer. It was a good time, and they were coming fast through the woods. They were probably three or 400 yards away when I struck them up, but I could tell they were coming fast. And this guy kept saying, man, you hear those turkeys? Yeah, I'm not deaf. I'm calling to them. I can hear them. Just be quiet. And I'd call again. They'd gobble, and they're advancing, you know, and I finally spotted them about 90 yards out. And, Daryl, you've heard me say it. You know, I've killed 101 turkeys in my career. Right. But I've never killed one over 23 pounds. That that just haunts me. Uh, And so the lead gobbler in this bunch had a beard on him, looked like a, I mean, a thick, thick, paintbrush he was a heavy duty gobbler probably a three or four year old bird and man i'm i'm breathing hard you know it's it's a bird that big and you know he's bigger than anything you ever killed what do you want to do with him you want to well, kill him 
You want to shoot them right away. Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. So I had this, had these birds coming. They hit about 90 yards, hit an opening in the woods. What does my buddy say? He's pointing. Look, look, you see those turkeys? Well, yeah, I see those turkeys. I've been calling to them for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) He's just talking away. Well, he moved. Those turkeys just hung up. They saw that little bit of movement, and it stayed right there. And I worked on them the next 10 or 15 minutes. They went quiet for a few minutes, but they were pacing back and forth. And uh, I kept working on them, calling, you know, and finally they started gobbling again. But I figured out pretty quick, like, they wasn't coming any closer. They were hung up right there, you know. And my buddy's still talking, and I'm not trying to shut him down. But I waited uh, another four or five minutes, let things go quiet, because sometimes that'll coax them on in. But still, they wasn't going to budge. So I called one more time, a cackle, you know, just serious turkey language, man. And not only did those turkeys gobble, but a turkey somewhere gobbled extremely close to us. And I'm so hard hearing, and that was so loud and so close, I didn't have a clue where this turkey was. And my buddy yells at me. I mean, he's like five yards over my, been over my right shoulder, I guess, behind me. He's supposed <laughs> to be doing a little video instead of talking. But he said, did you hear that? That bird had to be close. <laughs> and so I cut my eyes around, and he's, he's yelling at me. And he's like five yards behind me. I cut my eyes around. That gobbler is standing five feet directly behind him. And he's still talking. I said, Jim, you got to shut it. Shh. The gobbler's five feet behind you. And, <laughs> it, you know, I'm, I'm about to faint at this point, you know. Well, yeah. So I'm a, it's a two, yeah, two-year-old bird that has snuck in. So I'm a, I'm figuring out how I'm going to get this bird killed. But I can't point my gun at Jim, you know. So he's still talking. And I'm Jim, stop talking now. And I'm going to raise my gun up. I'm going to turn quickly. That bird will see the movement, and he's going to take off running. But it's pretty clear woods. So I brought my gun up to kind of port arms and swung it to the right, turned my body to the right, so I cleared my buddy. The turkey took off running, and I rolled him. I managed to kill that bird. It just wasn't a big one I wanted, you know. <laughs> yeah, Bill, that so, might have been the stupidest bird in the area. No, it was a two-year-old bird that was just trying to horn in on the business of the big bird, you know, snuck yeah. in the back door. Well, it, it cost him his life. He wound up turkey dinner. But that's – now, you see what I'm going to use the duct tape for? I do. That, that could have cost Jim his life, too. I mean, that's that, you just can't be talking like that when a bird's that close. Oh, I, I know. I couldn't believe we got away with it and, and pulled it pull it off. Yeah, but I'm going to put about 30 wraps of this around his mouth, you know, and see if that works. But uh, also, second item, I just reached in my bag and I pulled out a pair of, pair of socks. I always carry an extra pair of socks, but this year I'm going to carry two pair. Uh, I'm going to have a clean pair and I'm going to have a really dirty, nasty pair that I'm going to stuff in his mouth before I wrap the, uh, <laughs> the, the duct tape around. You think that'll do the job? <laughs> I think that's awesome. Now, has he been informed of this yet? Are you going to let him listen? Oh, He's no. listen to the oh, show no. before Monday. Are you talking <laughs> with him Monday? Uh, he probably will. But, uh, oh, he knows I'll do it, I'll tell you. He's, he, he's fun to take, but boy. Oh, boy, trying to get him to be quiet is is something else, man. But imagine now, Daryl, tell me, have you you got anything really imaginative in your turkey vest? 
Man, I tell you, nothing that crazy. I, I don't, I don't have any socks. Definitely not a pair of dirty socks. But uh, you know, you know, for me, I mean, I carry, I have all kinds of stuff in there. I start out opening day, and my turkey vest weighs, I don't know, maybe a hundred pounds, and and it's, be, and then about uh-huh. day three, you know, I'm like, man, I can't carry that anymore. So I, I carry it down to about seventy-five pounds. About the last three days of season, if I haven't got my second bird, you know, my pack is now like two pounds because I'm wore out. So I know that you try to shove so much stuff in there and all the decoys and the different calls, you know, and I like binoculars is one of my favorites to have with me in case they're far out just to watch them and such. And, you know, for me, I love I love shooting turkeys and killing them, but just being part of the whole spring show is awesome and getting in the zone. And, you know, sunflower seeds, good snacks, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Food. Yeah, you sound like a man after my own heart. I do the exact same thing. I know other guys too, you know, because I think such nice, comfortable, roomy turkey vests in more. You put everything under the sun in them, but they do tend to get heavy because, well, you know, I got a little headlamp in the back pocket because you want oh, yeah. in the dark. Sometimes that really, really comes in handy. And the snacks are a big item. I mean, Oh, yeah. I may eat a big breakfast before I leave, but I'm one of those guys. Breakfast just doesn't last me very long. So, man, I've got the oatmeal cakes, but I always wind up smashing those things. Got to have a bottle or two of water. You won't stay oh, yeah. hydrated out there, you know. I've got the gloves and a face mask. Usually usually a extra pair of gloves because uh, my buddy usually forgets something. But I always carry an extra pair of gloves and an extra face mask for those guys, you know. Well, me too. Got the, yeah, yeah, you've learned. You're telling your age now. If you turkey hunt very long, you know to kind of try to cover your buddy too, because a lot of these younger guys and inexperienced people are famous for throwing the stuff together at the last minute or forgetting something. And and uh, I always carry, you know, like a real hot uh, sausage too, you know, because if my buddies start begging for my snacks, that's what I give them. Well, I'm learning some stuff today, Bill. I'm learning what to do. I, I've never carried hot sausages and being that mean to my turkey buddies now. I have a, a couple a couple buddies that one time, one of them was teaching the, his buddy how to hunt, and he put a paper bag on his head and cut two holes in for the eye holes. And, and uh, he kept saying, Daryl, is that right? Because he sits in front of me and says, stay back here in case the turkey sneaks up behind us. And I'm like, no, I think you're being hoodwinked there, buddy. <laughs> but I, I've never carried a paper bag or hot sausage or dirty socks, but I'm going to add to my vest this, this coming. Oh, you, you bet. See, and the thing is, you know, after you've turkey hunting for years and years, you've got several people, several places to hunt and you, and you pretty consistently kill turkeys well you know what happens everybody becomes your buddy and they want to come along with you so in the last two or three decades i've established this reputation if you go with cooper you're going to get hurt (laughs) somehow some way well there's hot sausage or or dirty socks in the mouth you know or duct tape tape. yeah that's a new it's a big roll too it probably weighs five pounds because it if I have to, I'll tape him to the tree. You know, I could do that and then walk off, uh, 
and meet those gobblers before they get so close, you know. So he'd still he'd I, still be talking though. He'd still be sitting there talking. I'm sure. Oh yeah, he'd be he'd be mumbling. I, I'm sure, but oh boy. But hey, other things I got in that turkey vest. I carry do carry a, a little rain jacket just in case, you know, because I've had had some great things happen in in the rain. It's amazing how turkeys will gobble at at thunder and lightning, man. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I'm probably 30 years older than Daryl, and I like to think I have a little bit more wisdom about turkey hunting. Maybe, maybe not, but I am teaching him some valuable lessons today about things to take along with you in that uh, turkey vest or turkey pack that you carry out into the woods during turkey season. And uh, Daryl, I know you've heard of two or three new things today, and I heard a new one too, a brown paper bag. Now, if I had a brown paper bag, it would be to pick mushrooms in, you know. But Well, that's, those... you could do mushroom picking with it. You could put it on your turkey hunting buddy's head and duct tape it shut with the sock in his mouth. So I'm going to take several techniques and put them together. <laughs> Hey, I'm learning a few things here, too. We're going to wind up in trouble what's going to happen to us. Hey, but some other things that I've I've got in my, my turkey vest, of course, I carry a ton of calls. And one of my absolute favorites, and guys will argue about this, but locator calls early in the morning. You know, we may have turkeys scouted out, but they will sometimes move a little bit if they've been pressured. I've been on farms where turkeys actually roosted in the same trees for weeks at a time because nobody bothered. Them. But once you get to scouting or you've been hunting for a few days, they kind of figure out there's something going on in the woods that shouldn't be there, you know. Uh, they will scatter out some and maybe roost in different spots. But a good way to find them early in the morning, you know, right at uh, daylight or even a little bit before daylight, is get on the highest place you can on the property you're, you're hunting and use what we call a locator call. And one of my favorites is a coyote howler. I can get them to to shock gobble at a coyote howler when almost nothing else works, you know. So that is one of my, my favorites. In fact, last year I used a coyote howler, and I was running a little late. I'm getting a little old, so sometimes I'm slower than I used to be. But got in the woods a few minutes late, and it was getting daylight. But I hit a coyote howler. Two gobblers gobbled two or 300 yards away, and, man, I had them pegged. So I took off to them and sat down about 75 yards from them, tree yelped, and they raced into my setup. So it was a quick turkey hunt, but it doesn't always happen like that. But what what's your favorite locator call, Daryl? You know, for me, it's an owl hooter, and, and it sounds crazy. I mean, I got some of those really good ones that sound exactly like that owl you hear in the woods, and you think it's going to nail it. And then I get that one out that costs like seven bucks, and you just say in it, who cooks for you? And all of a sudden, they go crazy. So it's the weirdest yeah. thing, what's going to work. And, um, you know, turkey season, that's one of my favorites. And, you know, it's funny, you get a guy out there, and he can even mouth who, you know, great, and he sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Then you pull that seven dollar one out, and he's like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> <laughs> or, or that can go both ways too. That can go the other way. You just never know what they're going to answer to. It's it's really crazy. You, you don't. Every day is different out there. And I was flabbergasted years ago. I was keeping up with. Uh, Oh, it's probably been 10, 12 years ago, keeping up with two or three guys around the Ozarks and what was going on. And uh, the furthest one was about 80 miles away, but even one was about 40, one was about 80 miles away. But it was it was just astounding at the different behavior phase that turkeys were in in that distance. I, I remember calling them one morning, and I was – how nothing was happening for me, you know. And the guy at 40 miles, he said, oh, he'd heard several 
gobbled, you know, and when I called the guy 80 yards, he said, shut up, I'm hanging the phone up because i got one coming. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah hey, you I, know. I want to ask you, though, on that coyote howler, getting back to that a little bit, I mean, is that typically something that's like right before daylight, or is it better just a little right after, or, you know, before they've got out of the tree, is there a time that that seems to work better? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a absolutely best time to use it is while it's still – pretty dark uh you can actually wake that bird up uh, on a, on a roost uh, with that but you don't want to use it too much because you know they know what cows after they want they want to have turkey dinner too you know and you certainly don't want to use a coyote howler uh, much after daylight or if you're closing a distance on, on a turkey because it, it it will make them stay in a tree longer if you keep using it because they and if you're getting closer they know that that turkey is uh or that uh, coyote is closing in on them and so they're going to be leery about hitting the ground but yeah for, uh, use it a couple of times and if you get your location you feel like you need to close in on that turkey start closing in and get set up let things quieten down and then i generally start a soft uh, tree out and it's just amazing how far a turkey can can hear and and a lot of old guys like me were half deaf anyway and we tend to call too loud in the beginning sometime and that can either spook a gobbler or actually make them stay on the roost a little bit longer too ideally uh, I, I just tree up once or twice and if they gobble i just wait them out then and wait till they fly off of that roost and hit the ground and uh then start working on them a little bit with a variety of calls, you know. You know, it's it's funny, Bill, as you're talking about getting older and such and hunting turkeys, you know, I used to be able to hear them a million miles away, and something changes with the pitch, and a few years ago, and I'm 54, but uh, my son was, you know, out with me, and he'd be like, you hear that bird? You hear that bird? You hear that bird? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, you know, am I starting to go deaf here or what? But sure enough, I mean, he'll hear one way over there and there we go. And it's there, you know, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was out like 20 years ago with Walter Perry on a property over, over at Bourbon, Missouri. And he had a videographer with him. And, uh, oh, Walter, he used old Palmer hoot tubes, I think, or he did back then. And it sounds better than a real owl itself. Well, man, a turkey gobbles. And the three of us took off three different directions. <laughs> hey, we didn't get him to gobble again, you know, let's stand apart from each other. We finally kind of did a triang triangulation on this bird, you know, and figured out where he, where he was and uh, wound up killing that bird. But it was so funny. We were all in our late 40s or 50s at the time, I guess, but already started losing that hearing, you know, and it, it really makes makes a difference. But what about other turkey calls, Daryl? I mean, there's a million of them out there. Uh, which type do you prefer? Uh, mouth calls, you know, the diaphragm calls, slates, box calls? What do you I'll tell most? you, I'm, I'm, I'm a slate call guy. Um, you know, I, I like to, I've used that a long time. I've had my best success with it. I mean, I can do the box call. Uh, I'm okay, you know, with a diaphragm call, but for me, that's just always been my go-to and I got a, a strap. I can put it like right on my leg and work it while I got my gun on my knees and in my turkey vest. So for me, it's the slate call. How about you? Well, I, I tell you, I love them all, and, and I look more to the situation that I do the particular call. Like I say, I start out in the morning with a mouth call, and that that's a soft uh, tree yelp. But uh, once those birds hit the ground, 
unless they're coming awful fast like they did last year, I'll pick up a slate call next too. And I like a variety of them. There's just so many different sounds you can get. And I used to carry eight or ten of the things, but I've I've cut it down to two or three now. And I'll work that slate call too. And you can just get seem like a high pitch ring out of those slate calls that you can't get out of other calls. Right. Now on windy days, I like to use that box call. I've got one of those famous boat paddle calls from down in Eminence, Missouri, a long thing and Boy, on a windy day, I'm telling you what, they really ring through the woods, and turkeys can hear them from a long way. Now, if I can tell that turkey's starting to move towards me, I'll go back to that slate or glass call. I love glass calls, man. Yeah. But then if it, it gets down to the wire, I know they're close enough that there's any chance whatsoever that they could see my hand movements, I'll go back to that, that mouth call, slip it into my mouth, and then... Uh, uh, try to work them in the last few yards of that. And, and, of course, I've spooked a lot of turkeys over the years. I could have killed them at 40 yards, but I much rather get them up to 15 to 20 yards and be able to watch that show, you know, with them strutting and gobbling. And, uh, boy, it just almost makes my heart stop. You know, I, I kind of expect that's the way I'm going to die one of these days. One spring I'm going to be out in the woods, you know, and, and the gobbler's just going to make the old ticker stop for good. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> if, the, if the good Lord takes me, that'd be a good way to go. You know, uh, would it? Yeah, it certainly would. I, hey, you say it's time to close out here, man. It yes, it hurry. is. Great time. Thanks, everybody. Be sure to look us up and listen to us. And once again, good luck out there in the turkey woods. I'm Bill Cooper for Daryl Hyman. Hope to see you in the woods. The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors. Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.